Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. My name is Travis Crawford, and I think there's something funny about team building. Most companies gather everybody together once a week and say, all right, let's see how we're doing. And they rank people like it's the Olympics. Dave, you're number one, salesman of the week. Let's all hear it for Dave. And Dave gets a free lunch, a pat on the back, or a sticker. Then they talk about who came second and third and fourth until they hold up some poor guy's numbers and announce that he came last. Everybody at that meeting feels like a little bit of a failure, except one guy and they call it team building. At Travis Crawford, we meet every Monday to talk about how we did last week and the best way to take care of this week. If somebody needs training, we make sure they get it. If a project needs a special set of skills, we put the right people together because we're a team. We work together, we solve problems together, we improve together, and we celebrate together. And I think that's a lot better than a sticker. My name is Travis Crawford. And I think that makes a difference. Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast. Dave Young here with Stephen Semple. Stephen, you told me just a few seconds ago that today we're going to talk about MIT, the giant business conglomerate uh, headquartered in Boston. That's a school. MIT is a school. Yes, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Yes. But you know, when we think about innovation and technology, it's hard not to think about MIT. Yeah. This is a bit of a weird one because MIT is not actually really a big school. You know, they have Mm -hmm. 10,000 students in total, but they have a huge influence in the world today. And how they develop that influence in the technology space is really unusual. And when I heard about this and the more I explored it, I thought there's a lesson here for all of us to keep in mind because they took a very unusual approach. So the university was established on April 10th, 1861. But what I want to talk about happened in the 1970s. And the president of MIT at the time was Jerome Wisner. And here's where things get interesting. MIT has always been a science school. That's its foundation. But Wisner had an interest in the arts. And he identified that MIT was leading the way And there was a lot of technologies being developed there. But in his mind, there was a void. And what he wanted to do was create a lab that mixed art, science, and engineering in a deep way. Mm. So in 1985, he built what went on to be known as the Media Lab. And they created some amazing things have come out of the Media Lab, like the first flat panel displays, which people thought was a stupid idea at the time. But here's how crazy this place is. When they wanted to post ads for hiring faculty, it included the word misfit in the first sentence. Oh, man. They wanted to hire people that felt like they were misfits. Went on to say, if you can get hired at another faculty or university, go there. (laughs) And this is MIT. They wanted brilliant people who thought differently. What are those people? Those people are misfits. Mm -hmm. Those are people who have a hard time getting hired elsewhere. So they basically said, if you're brilliant, you're a misfit, you have a hard time getting hired elsewhere, we have a home for you. 
But that's bold because MIT had a big reputation at the time. Imagine the boldness of running that type of ad for faculty. Yeah. But here's what they went on to discover. Great teams have a mix of people. So here's how they build the teams at the Media Lab. They will build teams where they'll have two material scientists, two biologists, two product designers, two computational scientists, and two architects. So they have a material scientist, a biologist, a product designer, a computer scientist, and an architect together on a team. That's what they found is the best teams. I love that. And they wanted to give people a license to be weird. And the funny thing is they actually feel when they're posting their work, the choice of font is actually really, really important. And they'll allow (laughs) big, long arguments on the choice of font. Do you know who would have fit right in there? Me. And Steve Jobs. Sure. Sure. Steve Jobs is that type of crazy. Yeah, yeah. And look what he developed. The cross-pollination, right? The way they put these teams together, it's brilliant because so often someone that has an idea, man, ends up toiling in the darkness because they don't have the knowledge or skill set to fill in the gaps of what they're trying to do. Yes. Yes. And so um, to include such a disparate group in every project uh, means that it's going it, to, those projects are going to be taken as far as they're able to, to take them. And we'll probably go down weird rabbit holes, mm-hmm. which often end up not being the weird rabbit hole, but end up being the innovation. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And when I say Steve Jobs will fit right in there, I wasn't kidding about this. A lot of people forget that Steve Jobs dropped out of Stanford to take calligraphy. So when I say <laughs> argument over font, yeah. <laughs> he would have fit right in there. When I say I'd fit in, it's because we've talked a little bit about this. I'm, I'm in addition to doing the kind of advertising and marketing consultant you do, I'm, a, I'm the vice chancellor at Wizard Academy. And, and that's, that was kind of the job description that they posted when right. I was looking for a weirdo. They actually had a, a, a bugle call. <laughs> but anyway... I know when you cross-pollinate ideas with other disciplines, it's when, when magic starts to happen. And here's where the real magic happens. They actually uncovered an idea that needs to be taught to the world. Here's the underlying reason why they did this. Art, science, engineering, and design all have a really important role to play in innovation. Mm -hmm. Here's how it works. Art is for expression. And this expression often gets us thinking about the possibilities. Science is for the exploration of ideas, making ideas concrete and expressing them in formulas and hypothesis. Engineering takes these ideas and turns them into inventions. And design is about communication. It communicates the benefits of the invention and makes it human, accessible, and understandable. Mm. So if you really think about it, the output from one domain becomes the input for the other. So basically, art creates the idea. So science converts information into knowledge. Engineering converts knowledge into utility, design converts utility into a cultural behavior and context, and art takes that context, questions our perception of the world, and starts the wheel spinning again. You don't get the idea for a smartphone without buttons with A-B testing. No, not at all. I don't know if you realize this. You know where the inspiration for the cell phone came from, right? Star Trek. Right. 
the arts, Star yeah. Trek, saw this idea, turned it into a hypothesis, right? Then yeah. engineered it, and then Steve Jobs does a design to it, and the world explodes around you know cell phones and smartphones. Yeah. So there's something else that happened about the time the Media Lab got started, and that was the TED organization, TED Talks, right? The TED Conference. You've heard of that. Yes. And th this stumps people. I, I, I used to be a speaker coach and, and on a curation team for a local TEDx group in Tucson. What do the letters TED stand for? You know, I have no idea. What would you guess? So education design. So I'm going to guess E is education, D is design, and T is I don't know. T is technology. Okay. D is design. Okay. And that, the E is the one that everybody gets wrong. Okay. What's the E? Entertainment. Entertainment. Interesting. It, okay. I think people think that it's education because, what's his name, Robinson, one of the very first real famous TED Talks was about education. But the E is for entertainment, and it's about how those three things interact. Same as the Media Lab, right? It's, right. it's almost the same mission, only TED is just about communicating things. I'm sorry to right. take you off on a rabbit hole. But. Well, no, no, it's a great rabbit hole because if you think about part of what gets missed with many organizations, they understand, okay, we need engineering and they mm -hmm. understand that we need innovation. But the part that is often lacking is the design component. Mm -hmm. Once you have an idea, design is so important because it's how you humanize the idea, the proof's the cell phone. Look, smartphones were around, especially the smartphone. The smartphone was around before the iPhone came and the design was crappy. I had some of the early smartphones. And when yeah. the iPhone came, I was like, oh my God, this is so much easier to use. And we, and we express it as easier to use, but it's easier to use because the design had humanized the functions. And maybe I'm so passionate about this in terms of the role of the arts because my oldest daughter, Crystal, is in an arts program. She's learning mm -hmm. illustration. And I really feel like design is really underappreciated. Great ideas and innovation do not come from study. They're inspired. And those great ideas and innovation do not make it into the world until those ideas are humanized. Yeah. And design humanizes it. The thing that I think many businesses can learn from is be open to the arts. Be open to the arts. Don't, don't discount the arts. Read books about design. Not so that you can become a good designer, but because you can understand and appreciate good design when you see it. Yeah. Because so often great design is missed because it's simply not understood. It's interesting because I was talking to Crystal about this and we were talking about this podcast and she was saying the thing about what designers have is they have a whole lexicon of language that we don't have. Mm -hmm. They understand communication in terms of colors and shape and symbolism and texture and location and size and weight and scale. Like they have this whole visual lexicon language yeah. that we don't have. And when you free them up and let them do it, it's amazing what you can create. Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. 
Man, I love that. What? Actually, they've all been good. What are you talking about? The ads at the beginning. Oh. Yeah, I wish I had ads like that. You can. I can? Yeah, book a starter session with Steven. Really? Uh-huh. That's the first step. To what? Getting great ads. You think I could have ads like that for my business? It's kind of boring. Absolutely. Plumbing isn't sexy and we've heard great ads for them. You're right. So, gonna do it? Do what? Book a starter session. I guess so. Why not? Good. Can't wait to hear your ad in this podcast. Book your starter session on this podcast website. Just visit theempirebuilderspodcast.com and click on Get Started. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. When you start taking the human element into, into things, and I've seen actually seen this happen in client businesses as boring as HVAC, and we, we do a lot of work with home service companies. In terms of, of sales, if you have your technicians start talking to people about what they want in their home, as opposed to, hey, well, we'll just replace that unit with the same size as before, but if you start talking about what it is that people wish their AC, like there are so many air conditioning systems that are so loud, right? You have to turn the TV up when the air conditioner comes on. Right. Turn it down when, when it's, well, you know, that's a problem that's easily solved with the right kind of air conditioner unit. But if the technicians don't speak the language of design and comfort and what comfort means, yes. right? So it's not just, oh, cold air, that's comfort, but noise. Clean air. Let's go down the, the path of thermostats. The, the, the cheapest system, just on and off, right? It, it roars on like a jet engine. And if you have the, the thermometer set to uh, 72 Fahrenheit, what would it be, Celsius, Stephen? 20 something? <laughs> yeah. 21, 22? <laughs> 21 and a half? I don't know. <laughs> but what happens is it'll either cool your room till it's freezing and then shut off and wait till it gets a little too warm. So you, it, it always wavers from too warm to a little bit too cold and back. And a modern variable speed, you set it on 72, it'll never vary. It can actually do that, it can do it quietly. Right. And so so that is the intersection. And I, I, I'm only using that particular industry to illustrate that until you take how people utilize your product or service into account, um, you think you're selling a commodity and you're not. And on the thermostat side, when you suddenly apply good design to it, you've got Nest, mm -hmm. which is suddenly worth you know billions of dollars. But... So I, I had a really interesting experience with design, and I really want everyone to listen to this because this is really where the learning is. So I worked with this amazing designer, guy's name's Paul Garbett. Unfortunately, he doesn't do design any longer. He's now a very successful artist, which was his passion anyway. But this was before I was in the marketing business. I had a business consulting company, and I, I wanted him to design a business card. And so he designed a logo for me that was this butterfly and he designed this business card and it was, this business card was really thick, had rounded corners, it had a hole in the middle and it had this embossed butterfly on the back of the card. And the front of the card was very plainly designed and the back of the card was where all the fanciness was and had this hole in it. And I'm looking at this card design he's presenting to me and there's this hole and I'll tell you, the hole was really expensive because the hole had to be done in exactly the right spot for this design. I'm talking to Paul and I go, okay, so what's up with the hole? And he goes, well, you know, it signifies breaking through barriers and all this other stuff. And I say to him, you gotta do better than that. He goes, okay, well, here's what really happens. He says, somebody's gonna pick up the card and they're gonna 
because his rounded edges, they're gonna to touch it this way. And because of this, this, they're gonna hold the card like this. Because there's a hole, they're gonna hold it up to the light. They're gonna peer through the hole. And then because as soon as they peer through the hole, they're gonna get curious what's on the other side. Then they're gonna flip it over. And because of the embossing, they're gonna to touch it this way. And, the, and, he, and he went through the whole thing and said, and basically what's gonna happen is between visible and physical impressions, there'll be 18 impressions. And by the time they're done, they will never forget your card. Mm -hmm. And I looked at him and I said, what a pile of fucking bullshit. But a hole in the card's cool and I've never seen a card with a hole in it, so let's do it. First time I give somebody the damn business card, uh -huh. do they not do exactly what he predicted? I mean, exactly what he predicted. I got so curious that when I gave people a business card, I would shut up and I'd hand them the card and I would stand there and watch them do exactly, exactly what he predicted. That's terrific. I haven't had that company for over a decade, and to this day, I still get people commenting about the business card. That's pretty cool. That's design. But that's, that's design. That's bringing someone with a design sense into the equation. And giving them the freedom to do it and go, okay, let's do this thing. Let's yeah. do this thing. And I was blown away. I was blown away. And ever since that day, I started to look at design very differently. Because what I recognize is, wow, there's a power here that I don't actually fully understand. And so I've read a bunch of books about design just so that when I look at something, I can go, that's well designed. I don't know how they did it, but I understand what, that this is great for yeah. these sets of reasons. And MIT, MIT recognizes the importance of it. What they've learned is, you know, the arts leads to the inspiration the scientists turn it into an hypothesis. The engineering converts that knowledge into something that we can use. And the designers m take that idea and make it mainstream. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's all of those things are so important. I think this has been a, a, an interesting discussion on, in essence, about the MIT Media Lab, but what they were able to what they've been able to do, I, I shouldn't talk about them in the past sense because they're still doing this stuff. Oh, yeah. But to involve more than just whatever it is that you do, get people, get designers, get, 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 your, get your innovations cross-pollinated. Yep. Or cross-pollinate what you're doing now and you'll find innovation. Correct. Absolutely. Bring some biologists in, bring some designers in. And just have it, another look at what you're doing through some eyes that aren't yours. But we've always told business owners, you know, it's hard to read the label when you're inside the bottle. And this is a great example of uh, you, you get some people that are outside the bottle and then you find some people that are way outside the bottle. Yes. And talk about let's even consider building a new bottle. Yep. Often you can't do that for your business on an ongoing basis. But this is a great thing to do for business retreats. Like, mm -hmm. do something really, really different. But when you're implementing things, put an eye to design. Pay the money for design. Work with a good designer. Let them do what they do. Yeah. Great conversation, Stephen. I really enjoyed this one. All right. Appreciate awesome. It. Awesome. Thanks, David. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review. And if you have any questions about this or any other podcast episode, email to questions at the empirebuilderspodcast.com.